Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Thanks for the Knowledge, the weekly fanbite news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Uh, I have a big, big jam-packed show for you this week. We have Gamescom, we have a bunch of new games announced, uh, a, a ton of new stuff, including uh, some new info about Forza Horizon 5, about which I talked to... Uh, my wonderful producer, Paul Tamayo, he shed some light. He got to see a closed-door preview of it and got to ask the devs questions. That's a really cool conversation. You should definitely check that out. But first, let's get to some brand-new information about Elden Ring. January is not that far away. And a bunch of outlets got to take a look at Elden Ring, one of the year's most anticipated new games uh, this past week. Uh, and a lot of outlets had uh, some brand new information. Uh, our, our good friend Tamor Hussein over at GameSpot has a great write-up if you want to read some details there. Uh, but I'm going to round up some of the stuff that we learned from these previews. Um, there is an overworld map because it is an open world game. This is a game that takes a lot of cues from Breath of the Wild instead of things like Assassin's Creed. Uh, Tamor notes that like it is a very open-ended uh, little signpost to take you on detours away from the main quest. It is something that really begs you to explore a rich world. It's got a huge, huge map. So uh, the, the, the overall environment is called the Lands Between, and you'll be able to basically create markers to guide them to uh, specific uh, destinations, uh, and, and it looks really cool. There are dungeons in this game, uh, including these kind of challenge dungeons that reminded to more of those chalice, uh, chalice dungeons in uh, Dragon Quest. Uh, but there are also these legacy dungeons, which is kind of like, if you're familiar with Dark Souls or things like that, really large castles or strongholds that'll test your might and also give you probably big rewards. In between those dungeons, there is a lot of that overworld travel in the lands between, and there will be the ability to fast travel from anywhere, apparently. Uh, and these lands are dense, super dangerous. Uh, Tamur highlighted a, a moment where he was attacked by an emergent uh, encounter with a dragon. The dragon did not uh, start a boss fight. It wasn't something like you see in Dark Souls, but it was just a dragon that tried to kill <laughs> Tamur and then flew away. Um, so there are a lot of uh, dense little emergent details that will happen on this overworld, uh, which is a pretty major departure from the way that Dark Souls and other From Software games uh, have been set up. Uh, you play as the Tarnished. 
Uh, and in uh, Dark Souls and other uh, FromSoft games, you usually kind of create a build at the beginning, but there are a lot of tools at the Tarnished disposal. Uh, you can be stealthy, you can use magic, you can use a bow, you can use uh, swords and other bladed weapons. Um, you can really mix and match a lot of these things as well. Uh, you can also cast magic and shoot arrows from the back of your horse. Your horse can double jump. Uh, 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 Speaking of jumping, there is actually quite a bit of platforming. If you played Sekiro uh, Shadows Die Twice, you were probably familiar with the kind of platforming puzzles that will be in Elden Ring. Um, One of the ways that you can tackle big groups of enemies is to summon little uh, player characters to your side in co-op multiplayer, but you can also do AI-controlled companions if you don't want to play with other folks. That sounds like me, by the way. Um, And to take on big uh, groups of enemies. Uh, Tamor noted that, like, those those summons probably won't help you much during like a big boss fight, but to help you uh, draw aggro like from little groups and things like that, they're probably pretty good. But we'll see. Maybe that's going to be a more fleshed out system uh, for the uh, for the final game. Um, one of the cool things that was described in these previews is basically there's a stronghold um, that you can infiltrate and you can either go in guns blazing from the front, uh, which is a very, very heavy challenge uh, for the player, or you can go around the back. And the cool thing is, is that you can kind of change the way you want to tackle this stuff on the fly. You don't have to choose one or the other. You can kind of start one, see that it's maybe too difficult or a little too quiet, and do the other if you want. So there are a lot of different ways you can tackle these challenges, um, which is also a little bit different than the way Dark Souls is usually structured. Um, but I will say this. If you have uh, if you have played um, any of the FromSoft games, especially Dark Souls, a lot of things will be familiar. You collect runes; those are instead of souls. You can spend those runes to upgrade your character. There's usually a, a lady that basically helps you manage your stats. Uh, so all this stuff is pretty familiar. A lot of like hub worlds, a lot of, uh, people you'll encounter with very cryptic things to say. Um, although the, the general consensus, uh, according to many is that, uh, the overall narrative of Elden Ring is a little bit more straightforward than what you would find in Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Um, whether that's good news or bad news, it's probably up to you. A lot of people really like the up for interpretation and, kind of dense and mysterious way that Dark Souls is played out. Elden Ring is apparently a little more straightforward, but I have to imagine there's a lot of bizarre uh, set dressing uh, in this game, in this world. So you will probably not be wanting for weirdness from FromSoft. Uh, another note just uh, that, that was been reported a couple of times, uh, the creators of this game have said that George R. R. Martin has not really written the uh, scenarios in this game. So, I I already knew this. I just knew this from Osmosis. I know that George R. R. Martin is not writing the text in this video game, but they did also confirm that. So whatever work that he did uh, seems to have happened years and years ago, and it had to do with some world building stuff, and he has bowed out. So if you're hoping for prose uh, written by George R. R. Martin in the video game Elden Ring, uh, you're out of luck. Uh, this game is still on track to be released on January 21st, 2022. Uh, of course, that is on PC, but also PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, you uh, have to imagine we're going to be playing that game a lot. Uh, and we'll, you know what? I'm going to call it now. I bet Merritt will play it on Twitch.tv uh, slash fanbite. I'm just calling it. Anyway, I uh, can't wait to play that game. 
opening night of Gamescom also happened this week, and uh, a lot of stuff got announced, a lot of stuff got updated, so let's go through some of what we found out. Um, something that got leaked ahead of time was the existence of a Saints Row reboot, so if you love the open world, wacky action-adventure crime spree game, uh, you are probably excited to know that this game is coming out on February 25th, 2022. It's featured an all-new setting in the Southwest Desert, features four playable characters uh, that are trying to start a crime empire in a city that looks a little bit like a Oh, a slightly more uh, Latinx version of like Arena, Nevada, I would say. Maybe that's like the closest comparison I would make. Um, really cool trailer. We also saw some gameplay this week as well. Um, and if you if you like those Saints Row games, you'll, you'll probably like this one as well. It is a little bit more like 1 and 2 than 3 and 4. But if you recall, um, really there was a crescendo in that series. It started with a very straightforward open world crime game in 1 and we ended up being uh, superheroes saving the galaxy basically in Saints Row 4. This could follow the same trajectory. We have no idea. Uh, but if you are into these games, it these look pretty cool. So uh, get ready. It's just called Saints Row, so it is a firm reboot. Um, another game that we knew about in Whispers and in closed-door previews finally got announced. It's called Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is a Fire Axis game, which are the folks that made uh, XCOM and XCOM 2. Uh, it is going to be a cool tactical game featuring Marvel heroes from the Midnight Suns uh, group. If you don't know who the Midnight Suns are, I can't really help you. I'm not like a comic book person, but it is a group of superheroes, including um, like Ghost Rider. Uh, and in this game, it, it also includes Wolverine, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, Captain Marvel, uh, and some other folks. Uh, I actually am super excited about uh, this game. We're actually going to see some gameplay uh, on September 1st. So uh, don't forget to ch keep your eyes out for that uh, to see how this game plays uh, in person, um, in motion, I should say, not in person. Um, but yeah, that looks really cool. Uh, we saw some new stuff for Call of Duty Vanguard. Who cares? I mean, you might care. That's okay if you care. Uh, that game's coming out on November 5th. If you like World War II and aren't, uh, too broken up about the Activision stuff, then that game is probably exciting for you. If you are broken up about the Activision stuff, uh, keep, keep, Keep grinding, keep grinding, keep working on uh, getting folks, um, you know, getting those folks at Activision the uh, the demands that they are hoping for to change their work environment. Anyway, uh, Halo Infinite uh, got leaked that it's coming out on December 8th with a campaign, but we saw nothing of the campaign uh, in the footage that we saw on, on the, the Gamescom footage we saw at Halo Infinite. We saw a Season 1 multiplayer narrative trailer, uh, which is pretty cool, but we still haven't seen anything from the campaign itself uh, when this game is about two and a half months away uh, no, I'm sorry, three and a half months away from being out. So they have a little bit more time. Uh, but Joseph Staten from uh, 343 Studios um, uh, has said that the game is done and they're really just basically doing a bunch of bug fixes and uh, making sure that major components of the campaign are working properly. And that taking time out to create a trailer and all the marketing around it would just basically take them away from that and put that December 8th date in jeopardy. 
and honestly, all that stuff kind of checks out to me. I know that um, a lot of folks are skeptical and think that this might get delayed again. Uh, but honestly, putting together those trailers is a lot of work. And if they really want to hit the December 8th date, they probably still have a lot of that critical stuff to do. So we'll see. Could get delayed again. Maybe we'll just get the multiplayer on December 8th. Who knows? But at the moment, single player campaign as well as multiplayer is coming out on December 8th. And if you recall, uh, co-op will not be at launch, but will come at some point at a later date, um, which might be disappointing to a lot of folks, but that's just how it's going to roll out. Um, if you're interested, there is a, a limited edition Halo uh, controller and Series X uh, for the November 15th, uh, for a November 15th release. Those Halo edition Series Xs, are, I think, are sold out everywhere at this point, um, but you can still check check that out. It looks pretty cool. Um, Devolver Digital uh, is publishing a game called Cult of the Lamb, which looks like a isometric roguelike uh, action game where you play as a little lamb and you're building a uh, a cult so there you go um <laughs> the game called midnight fight express is coming uh from humble games it kind of looks like hotline miami uh but even crazier it's coming next summer um one of the games that i'm very excited about is teenage mutant ninja turtle shredders revenge that's a dot emu joint there were the folks that did streets of rage 4 so i'm super excited about that uh they brought a new trailer showcasing april o'neill as a playable character that is so amazing. Uh, she looks amazing. She carries a microphone. She hits uh, She hits foot soldiers with microphones. It's amazing. I will note that if you look at the uh, title card at the end of the trailer, April O'Neil is to the right of the four Ninja Turtles. There's an empty space to the left. Could it be Casey Jones? I'm just speculating. It could be Casey Jones, but we have no idea. Uh, that game looks amazing. I can't wait to check it out. Um, Morgana, the annoying cat that always tells you to go to bed, uh, in Persona 5 is coming to Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Uh, if you recall, we've also got, uh, Kazuma Kiryu and, uh, and others, some Sonic characters, uh, coming to, uh, Banana Mania. Uh, it is a paid DLC, so if you want Morgana, you gotta shell out some, some bucks. We don't know how much yet, but, uh, you gotta shell out some bucks. Um, there is a uh, an, an infection mode coming to Splitgate uh, that is still in season zero, still in a basically a beta. Uh, there is an ongoing beta going of Writers Republic. Uh, if you saw Kotaku yesterday, you also know there is a god awful cover of Gangsta's Paradise in that game. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I, I don't even go listen to it, but that it exists and it's terrible. And I hope it uh, leaves the game at some point. Um, Star Wars The Skywalker Saga Lego uh, is coming finally in spring 2022. This is a game that I saw in a closed-door preview back at PAX, uh, PAX East 2020, um, and it looked really cool then, and it still looks really cool. Um, so if you are a fan of those Lego Star Wars games, uh, that is coming out uh, relatively soon, unless it gets delayed again. Uh, there's a game called Synced Off Planet, which is a Tencent joint. Uh uh, just as a disclaimer, um, it's kind of, kind of looks like a zombie horde game, but with like robots or something, it's a little bit confusing. Uh, but that, that game got a trailer as well. Um, there's Doke V or Dokev. I actually don't know how to pronounce it, uh, but it's like a creature collecting game. Um, and it like, honestly, this game looks kind of astonishing. It's like bright, uh, but very, very, very like 
uh, high fidelity visuals. Uh, looks like Pokemon, honestly, but uh, really realistic graphics, really cool monsters and fights and environments. Uh, I was pretty impressed by this trailer. Um, who knows? Could be just a great trailer, not a great game. Who knows? But it looks really, really cool. Um, Jurassic World Evolution 2 gets a gameplay trailer ahead of its November 9th release date, so that's cool. Um, one of the games that I'm super excited about is Jet the Far Shore. Uh, that's from the folks that did Sword and Sorcery. It got a new trailer and an October 5th release date. Definitely, definitely assume that you're going to get some cool uh, coverage from us about that game. We we're super excited about that. Um, uh, Horizon Forbidden West got a quick update from Gorilla. It's not going to make its 2021 release, but will release on February 18th, 2022. Uh, also, in addition, that uh, the original game, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, on backwards compatibility for PlayStation 5, will get a 60 FPS patch, uh, which is available right now. Um, Fall Guys is getting some skins in the form of little Jungle Book characters. Okay, that's not something I super expected. I don't even know if there's like a new Jungle Book thing coming out. I, I just have no idea where that came from. But anyway, um, that's coming out. That's uh, that's coming coming soon. Um, and uh, there's a Genshin Impact concert coming in October. Um, Sifu, that amazing martial arts looking uh, action game. Uh, it did get delayed to 2022. Now we have a firm date of February 22nd. Uh, that game looks super rad. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And uh, finally, Death Stranding Director's Cut got uh, some additional information. Um, Monster Energy uh, is conspicuous by its absence. Uh, apparently this was maybe just a, a specific thing for the original release, but it looks like there's no Monster Energy in this one, which is so funny to me. Um, this is really interesting. The The mechanics that they've added to this game, including like racing and like go-karts and motorcycles and stuff, involve actually making it drastically easier to do the transporting. So in this game where you're carrying a bunch of stuff on your back through a, uh, a collapsed United States wilderness, um, that's now being made easier with like robot companions and launchers and other stuff. Some people are worried that that is taking uh, too much away from the core identity of the original release, but it looks pretty cool. There's also like an AI robot that'll carry stuff, um, which is pretty cute. I love little robot companions, uh, but yeah, that's that's coming out pretty soon, uh, and it looks like almost a totally new game in a lot of ways, so it's not only a director's cut, it seems to be the definitive version of Death Stranding, so if you were into that, uh, there's even more of it. And if you weren't into it, there seems to be so many changes that it might be something that you're, uh, that you're interested in. Um, Xbox had a, a conference before Gamescom started. Um, we saw a dying light tr two trailer, uh, which focused on kind of the narrative and the factions that you can, uh, interact with. It's basically still a zombie parkour game, but it launches on December, uh, December 7th. Uh, if this is your jam, so not too, not too long from now. Uh, Jorg Newman uh, is the head of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, we uh, we got to hear a lot about what's coming in that game, including some like speed planes and speed plane racing and stuff like that. So uh, and there's also like uh, updates to the map to make it more realistic. So like Germany, Austria, Switzerland, these are places that will look much more like their real world counterparts than before. It'll be nice if some of the low population areas in Asia and Africa uh, also got the same treatment, but you know, uh, I guess you got to go 
one plays at a time. Um, a lot of humble games, uh, humble bundle games are coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. I won't go through the whole list, but you can find the list over at fanplay.com. So that's kind of cool, especially if you're into uh, into indie games. Uh, into the Pit is a roguelike first person shooter um, where it looks like you're, it's, it just is a first person shooter, but you're using your hands to shoot like magic blasts out of them. But it's, it's basically still an FPS. Uh, looks pretty cool. Comes to Game Pass on October 19th. Um, so cloud gaming, which we've heard about uh, a lot, is actually coming to the Xbox consoles One S and X this holiday. So that means that Xbox One players will be able to play Xbox Series X exclusive games on their Xbox One hardware through the cloud service. That's kind of the game-changing stuff that they've been talking about for a really long time. You can still do that stuff on PC and mobile right now, and it's coming to the Xbox console environment, which is like a total, feels like a game-changer. We'll see how well implemented it is, but that is something that uh, a lot of folks are looking forward to, especially if you haven't been able to get your hands on an Xbox Series S or X yet. Um there is a new Sea of Thieves event starting this week uh, with a Borderlands-themed ship. Not my cup of tea, but, you know, if it's your cup of tea, then that's your cup of tea. Uh, it started this week, and it runs through September 7th. Uh, if you're into Crusader Kings 3, it is coming from Paradox Interactive to Xbox. Uh, they did say it is an adaptation, uh, if I recall correctly. It's not a direct uh, port of the PC game, which makes a lot of sense because the PC game would be almost impossible to play with the controller. So we'll see what kind of changes uh, are being made to the console version uh, at some point. Uh, no release date was given for this, but that is a very cool game if you're into uh, emergent strategy. Uh, Psychonauts 2 got a release trailer. Uh, that game is out already. If you want to read our review, you can do so over at fanby.com. Elise Favis was nice enough to play that game, beat it, and write about it. Um, uh, the Gunk got a gameplay trailer, which looks pretty neat. Uh, we saw a uh, pretty cool trailer uh, ahead of time, uh, but we also saw some gameplay in this one. Um, I, I don't know. It just looks like a cool, like, gunk cleanup game like in action and exploring these really 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 oversized environments which seems uh pretty cool i like the way this game looks it it kind of surprised me how uh how excited i was after i saw this trailer we also heard from the forza horizon 5 team and saw a brand new controller uh, that's coming out in celebration of that game i did uh, sit down and talk to uh, my wonderful producer, Paul Tamayo, about this game. So we'll get to that in a moment. But that kind of wrapped up the Gamescom and Xbox uh, Gamescom coverage uh, that we had for you. So Gamescom is still going on, uh, or it probably wrapped up by the time you're hearing this. But uh, a lot of the big stuff was announced on day one and two. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that happened this week. So let's get to that. Um, no More Heroes 3 came out this week as well. Uh, Kenneth Shepard wrote a great review for us over at fanbyte.com. And Suda51, the creator of that series, is moving on from Travis Touchdown. So uh, that seems to be the end of No More Heroes. So if you were hoping for uh, Travis Touchdown in, ad infinitum, you might be disappointed. But Suda wants to move on, and that seems totally reasonable to me. Hey, did you know that Jesse McCree, the Overwatch character, is actually named after an employee over at Blizzard who was named and removed from the company as part of the lawsuit uh, about uh, workplace culture and sexual misconduct? 
Well, if you didn't know that, well, now you do. Uh, and Blizzard announced that they were actually changing the name of the character McCree in an upcoming update, uh, which is very, very unprecedented and uh, uh, pretty cool. I'm glad that they're doing this. It's only a tiny, minuscule part of the changes that need to happen over at Blizzard. But uh, the Overwatch team said, uh, quote, we built the Overwatch universe around the idea that inclusivity, equity, and hope are the building blocks of a better future. They are central to the game and to the Overwatch team. As we continue to discuss how we best live up to our values and to demonstrate our commitment to creating a game world that reflects them, we believe it's necessary to change the name of the hero currently known as McCree to something that better represents what Overwatch stands for. We realize that any change to such a well-loved and central hero in the game's fiction will take time to roll out correctly, and we'll share a Updates as this work progresses. In the near term, we had planned to kick off a narrative arc in September supported with new story and game content, of which McCree was a key part. Since we want to integrate this change into that story arc, we'll be delaying the new arc until this until later this year and instead launch a new FFA map this September. Going forward, in-game characters will no longer be named after real employees, and we will be more thoughtful and discerning about adding real-world references in future Overwatch content. This will help reinforce what we are building, that we're building a fictional universe that is unmistakably different from the real world and better illustrates that the creation of Overwatch is truly a team effort. Work on those updates is underway, and they are just a part of our ongoing commitment to honest reflection and making whatever changes are necessary to build a future worth fighting for. We know that actions speak louder than words, and we hope to show our commitment to you, show you our commitment to making Overwatch a better experience in game and continue to make our team the best that it can be. End quote. Uh, this is not the only Blizzard character that's named after a real person. Alex Afrasiabi, one of the people named in the original lawsuit, uh, had a character named after him in World of Warcraft, and this was changed uh, recently, uh, and a lot of his content was pulled directly out of the game. Uh, so, yeah, this is a cool move that Blizzard made, uh, but they have a lot of other work to do. Uh, if you're a fan of the original PlayStation games, Monster Hunter 1 and 2, uh, those games are coming to modern platforms. Yes, that's right. I know that's really big news for a lot of folks. Uh, Monster Rancher and Monster Rancher 2 are cult classics, uh, and they will be out on Switch in December. So if you're into those two games... Uh, you'll be able to grab them for Nintendo Switch this holiday season. Uh, Gearbox has opened a new studio based in Montreal. Uh, they're developing a first-person shooter, Shocker. Um, <laughs> this is the first major studio opening for Gearbox after it was acquired by the Embracer Group uh, for $1.3 billion earlier this year. Uh, Randy Pitchford will still operate as the head of the company even after the acquisition, and the studio is hiring now for positions uh, like designer uh, in their Montreal studio. Okay, as I said, uh, we got to sit down with Paul Tamayo to discuss the uh, Forza Horizon 5 footage that he saw and uh, also the Q&A he was able to, to have with the developers of that game. Uh, I can't wait to hear about it, so let's get over to that conversation right now. What's up? What up? What have you been up to since you last produced a podcast of mine? Uh, 
I've been up to a lot. I mean, I have been, uh, you know, dabbling here and there on games, but also uh, got a chance last week, I guess a week before Gamescom, Xbox Gamescom stuff to see some uh, tasty Forza Horizon 5 gameplay and uh, get to ask them some questions. Yeah, I, that's super exciting. Uh, that game looks better and better every time I see it. Uh, you wrote up a good uh, piece over at fanbyte.com about that game. So if you want to go check that out, you should do that. But I have a bunch of questions. Um, yes. Uh, I guess just generally, what do you think so far? Uh, I mean, I cannot wait for this game. I loved Forza Horizon 4. Uh, admittedly, I kind of jumped onto the series late because I didn't really um, I didn't really have an Xbox One. I didn't have an Xbox One at all, actually. Right. Uh, I kind of skipped that entire generation, especially once I had uh, already made my PC. Uh, that's kind of where I jumped into Forza Horizon 4. But um, yeah, no, I I mean, as some folks might already know, if they're familiar with any of the, any of the things I've been on, even TFTK, I've, my descent into motorsports and all things yeah. car related is just continuing. And um, now that I'm learning more about cars and, and, and racing and stuff like that, I'm I've just got, you know, found a new appreciation for these kinds of things. And Forza Horizon 5 seems to really be building off of that, like, already incredible legacy uh, of, like, a series of games that they've created. And 5, like, you know, like you come to expect, uh, is really pushing the uh, the boundaries in terms of, like, what they're going to be capable of doing, especially on, like, next-gen hardware, which is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about like ray tracing and and yeah, like the rebuilt suspension system, they've uh, re- rebuilt the the braking system. A lot of different things that are going to like heavily impact driving. Actually, like when you get the tires on the road, and, and in other cases, dirt, snow, and mud. Um, like biomes, weather biomes are going to have storms. There, I think there's eleven total on the map. It's the biggest map they've made so far with like I think the longest road. So wow. it's a lot of like really really cool stuff that. I can't wait. In addition to all of these like really amazing cars that are going to be in the game, like, you know, the Mercedes AMG one, the Corvette Stingray. Um, I mean, for truck fans, it's going to be the Bronco Badlands. Um, yeah, it's just like it, it just continues. And and they're like developer streams where they add, like answer Q&A uh, things from the from the audience on Twitter and stuff like it's really, really cool. It's really great. Um, and I also was heavily interested in how they're going to depict Mexico, of course, um, yeah. as somebody who's uh, of Latin American descent, I take I'll take a lot of that stuff very very seriously, and as they seem should. to be yeah they seem to be doing that too, which is which is very promising. That's good. Yeah, I mean it it is it is kind of a you know cognitive dissonance of having this team this this England based team uh, really focus on English countryside and Forza Horizon Four, and it's it's very 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 specific kind of vibe, and then they're just like oh okay we're going to Mexico. I definitely think that made me go, hmm. Right. Um, but w- how are they? How are they handling that stuff? Do you think? Yeah. So I mean, I guess we'll, we're going to really have to wait and see, like for the final final product. But from what I've seen so far, it, it looks pretty promising. They they showcased a mural from a, a real street artist, uh, Farid Rueda, um, who has a mural in Colombia that they've featured in the game, uh, which is really beautiful. It's like that. If you if you've seen it, you've probably seen it like in one of the gameplay videos. If you're a fan, it's like that really colorful. Um, like mural of a bear and like the different animals and stuff. Yeah. And they, they've said that they've, they have numerous other street artists that are also, they're from Mexico that are going to be in the game. A lot of Mexican writers, actors, like um, specifically screen uh, script writers. Uh, a lot of music is going to be featured from Mexico in the game. A lot of it also they're saying is going to be composed just for the game, which is, which is really cool. That's kind of what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for those, 
for those accents. I'm going to be really, really, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> hyper aware of those accents. Uh, I know we've uh, Natalie's written about that in the past on the site, especially, which is something that we we've talked about also personally before, as you know, as, as someone who me, 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 papa. Yeah. Oh God, don't get me started on that one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that you really become conscious of, especially, I mean, it's, it's not like, I don't know, I, it's not the, the end of the world kind of, kind of stuff, like these consequences right. or whatever, but it is something that you, that you pay attention to and sticks out, especially if, if you're, if you're aware of it, but it seems like, um, it seems promising. I mean, I, I'm, I can't wait. Like I've, I've played a lot of Forza Horizon 4, um, and it was kind of cool to see, you know, like old castles and uh, all these old structures and and like sort of like being able to take that little mini vacation, especially now since we're all on lockdown. Right. I don't even know the next time I'm going to be able to go take a trip internationally, sure. um, you know, responsibly, that is, you know what I mean? So right. um, seeing some of like the old uh, archaeological sites of like, uh, you know, Mayan ruins and stuff seems right. so cool and yeah, I'm I'm just really excited about this game. I mean, like the the cars are definitely a big part of it, but obviously, like if you've played a Forza Horizon game, the the map itself is such a crucial component. And Mexico, like a lot of Latin American countries, seem like the perfect place to to put a game like this because they're they're like I said, there's so many different biomes, there's so many different opportunities to have different kinds of races, and and also yeah, like. The, they were pretty adamant about reminding folks like, hey, if you don't like racing games, like you could just chill and drive in this game. It's it's basically an open world game where you just are in a car. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Th- those are some of my favorite parts, like, you know, with the season, um, like the seasons mechanic in Forza Horizon 4. It was just amazing when it was like a rainy fall kind of afternoon to just drive around in that space. Like that was just like a blast to do that. And so. Yeah. I guess I guess they're replacing seasons with biomes in this game. Is that kind of the the, the thing that you're seeing? They're still going to have uh, like d- d- uh, I think slightly different seasons, but I think okay. that'll mostly impact the different biomes and how they behave. So, gotcha. Uh, you know, like some mountains, you know, during the spring, I'm assuming or the summer, won't have snow on them, and gotcha. then when it gets okay. a little colder, they'll they'll definitely have some snow. That's you can cool. drive up to. Yeah, they they have one volcano that's like the highest point in a Forza Forza Horizon game that they've ever made. Um, so yeah, and like you you can see like you can see the storms and stuff also happening on the map. I kind of made this sort of stupid oh, Zelda joke. Cool. Yeah, I made the stupid Zelda joke in my write up about like you see that sandstorm, you can drive through it. You can um, drive through it. You can go you, there. Yeah, you can go there because yeah, you can actually do it. And uh, you know, in real life, obviously you don't want to drive through a sandstorm, but this is video games it's where video games. Uh, I can take a you know hyper uh, hyper car and not worry about I don't know crashing into anything because i can just push a button and, and be good press y and i'll be all right i'll just rewind back to wherever i made that mistake what's the worst weather you've actually driven through in real life? Oh, oh man i'd have to think back on blizzards hurricanes uh tropical storms i mean yeah. i think i think snow is probably the scariest because once when it gets cold enough uh yeah. even the parts that you think are good like you're like oh that's that's definitely road there's definitely ice there and uh i've definitely kind of spun out once or twice before in my life thankfully nothing bad but um probably snow probably like a blizzard it gets pretty nasty up here definitely helps to have an all-wheel drive car if you're in the northeast yeah for sure um we saw a video of the 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 ford bronco being dropped on top of that volcano that you talked about and you kind of drive down it um do you get the sense that environment specifically will be more kind of extreme in this game than other Forza Horizon games? Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, just because uh, I'm, I'm guessing like the race that's going to be at the top of that, like let's assume during the colder months with snow is going to look a lot different from the top of that mountain to the base of it. Right. And there's like, there are certain deserts that have like lush environments when it comes to like cacti and different grass. So I'm sure, I'm hoping at least that like the way your tire behaves on those different surfaces um, makes the races a little bit more interesting because you know yeah. you're gonna have to kind of switch up your strategy on the fly and improvise a bit more, and that, that's kind of like the beauty of the Forza games is like they're they're not like serious Gran Turismo style simulations. You you can right. sort of make them that way as as close as possible by tweaking the settings and and you know finessing like you know assists and stuff like that. But it is just like a really fun, over the top roller coaster ride through beautiful environments in cars that would cost more money than I can't even <laughs> process. So it's great. Yeah. Which you're going to buy in, in kudos or whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait for this game to come out. I, 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 I'm sorry to put you on the spot. When does it actually come out? Does it come out this year or next year? Yeah. It's in November. I forget the exact date. Wow. It's, it's November. Yeah. Forza Horizon 4 was the first review that ever went up on fanbyte.com. Did you know that? Oh, I did not. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. We're getting close to three years of fanbyte and three years between Forza Horizon reviews. So It's it's November 5th, by the way. So That's uh, exciting. Cannot wait. That's super exciting. I can't can't wait to play that. I am happy to hear that it seems like they are dealing with – uh, the portrayal of Mexico very uh, positively. That seems exciting. Um, and, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see soon enough, which is exciting. Um, another game that you have started to play recently uh, is Psychonauts 2. You've played a couple hours of that. I want to know what you think so far. Yeah, I mean, I read Elise's wonderful review on it's really good. Yes, And uh, it got me really, really curious because I, I, to be honest with you, this was not on my radar. I, I didn't play the first Psychonauts. It, it kind of just missed me. Uh, altogether, especially at that time in my life. Um, I'm also not entirely like, I, I like it now, I can appreciate it now, but I'm not a huge fan of that particular sort of like Tim Burton-esque um, art style. You know, like it, it's it's definitely grown on me. Like I, it's not the things that I naturally gravitate towards, if I'm being quite honest. But um, this one, after reading the review and, you know, I'm just kind of like, oh, I, I also shot off a, a question on Twitter. Like, do I need to know what happened in the first one or is the game going to kind of catch me up? And I, I would, I was hoping that the game would, right? Because I, I know that the, the developers probably want folks to, you know, if this is their first Psychonauts experience, like they, they, they don't want to miss out on that kind of, that reach, right? That, that opportunity to get folks to become, to become new fans. And thankfully, it has a really, really cool intro, a really, really beautifully done intro that kind of catches you up on all the all, all the story that's happened before, including like I think the previous VR game. Yeah. And um, yeah, because really it. I didn't know that until I read Elise's review that it picks up where the VR game left off, and I was like, I don't, I'm not even sure I knew that there was a Psychonauts VR game. So I'm like, I didn't that's, know that either. To I'm, be honest, I'm, I'm happy to know they catch you up with that because that I would be very lost. Yeah, and it does a good job. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still kind of having to write down names and, and who's right. what and what does this title mean or whatever. But it is really cool. I mean, so far from what I've played, I'm only about like two or three hours in. But it definitely feels like if Control and like Mario had a baby. So oh, it's wow. like, it's really cool the ways in which they have fun with the environments and like really, really, it, it, it also is just a good time revisiting games like this that have that old school feel and yeah. um I still don't have a PS5, so I, I'm also 
so excited to eventually get one and play some um, Ratchet and Clank and those kind of like old school yeah. platformers. So it is scratching a really great itch. Also, like the fact that it's on Game Pass was just like such a no brainer. I was just no like, all right, right, yeah, I'll yeah. hit download and jump right in. Yeah, yeah, it looks super cool. Um, it's been 16 years since I, since the first wow. game came out. I mean, that is amazing. I looked at a list of games that came out in 2005 that have not had a sequel. Uh, and I'm like, okay, there's Jade Empire. Remember that game? That Bioware oh, game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando. Mm-hmm. These are these are games that just never received a, a, a sequel. And I'm like, I, it's time, clearly, if... Uh, yeah. If Psychonauts could do it. Um, I think amazingly, I also saw a tweet from uh, Heather Alexandria, who now does PR for uh, or community stuff for uh, uh, Double Fine. Uh, and, she, and they were like, uh, what did they say? They said, uh, um, Fig, Fig investors will get their copies soon. And I was like, what a fucking time oh, capsule. Wow. I'm just like. Fig investors will get this code for a sequel to a 16 year old game. And I was like, what a bizarre, <laughs> like time capsule of just like many yeah. different eras, um, which I thought Honestly. was very funny. Shout out to Heather, by the way. Shout out to Heather Alexandra, my homie. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like, uh, seems like we're doing some really great work at a uh, double fine. So, Hell yeah. um, very cool. Um, yeah, I can't wait to play that. It is sitting on my desktop at home. Uh, I'm traveling right now, but on Sunday, I can't wait to, uh, to get home and play that. Um, got to play it on the, in, on the cloud. On the cloud. <laughs> when, that launches soon, right? I feel like. I, I, I thought that was, I, I can't keep well, up I thought it was out. No, no, you're right. So the PC stuff is available. Uh, okay, um, okay. I think like the full suite of like being able to play Xbox series X games on your Xbox one. That's what's coming out soon. Oh, just being able to do that, which is pretty rad if it works properly. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, another game that we should discuss for a brief moment, if only to plug another one of our podcasts, uh, Mm. is 12 minutes. I know you played this game. You, you did not appear on the, uh, spoiler cast that is up on the channel left feed right now, by the way, that episode is going to do crazy numbers for us. Oh I don't li- I don't like to talk about numbers that much. It's kind of weird, but that is probably going to be our most popular podcast episode of the month by like a yeah. wide margin. So if you go if you want to go check it out and laugh a lot, you should definitely go do that. Did did you agree with the panel of hosts that unilaterally hated this video game? Um I think I liked it a bit more than a lot of the folks on the pod okay. uh, to be honest. Like I think it definitely has a lot of tonal issues and and issues with the plot and the writing and, and some of the stuff that you do mechanically in the game feels a bit, feels a lot, uh, feels really yucky. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I think a couple of folks mentioned on the pod that like the first 30 minutes to an hour of the game is interesting. It's like, it, de- sure. it definitely kind of hooks you in a way that uh, for me, at least like for the first 30 minutes, I was like, oh, I, I talk about it a little bit. Actually, um, if, you're listen- if you're listening to this on Sunday, I talk about it on the optional. Uh, we, we, we did our own little mini 12 minute spoiler chat at the end of the episode um, where I, yeah, I like, I like the first 12, you know, maybe even 12 minutes of this game, um, where it, it definitely felt like a cool mystery, but then it just sort of unravels in a way that felt that falls really flat. And, you know, it's kind of, it's very gross and pretty immature. I mean, I, me and Imran actually came to the same conclusion from, from different, from different perspectives. Uh, I think Imran said it feels like a very amateur sort of creative writing exercise, uh, example and I, I use the example of like it definitely feels like 
something I would have seen from like a, you know, freshman film school kid who's like 18 and thinks this is really edgy and like, oh, oh man. Yeah. So it, it feels like that. And, it, and it's wild because it's like, it's being performed by these, you know, uh, world Major class actors. actors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it didn't really need that. It, it didn't really uh, require that sort of, um, I don't know, lift from the, right. from the team, I feel like. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I wouldn't even, uh, to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't even recommend this game. There's a lot of other games out there with interesting loops that you can go yeah. and play. I mean, I will scream from the rooftops to, for the world to play Outer Wilds until I'm uh, six feet deep because that game is incredible. Um, Outer Wilds, so, there's the Forgotten City, which is like it started as like a Skyrim mod that is right. really cool, apparently. Um, go play Majora's Mask, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool time loop stuff out there that is not like bad, edgy dinner theater. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Pretty much a, a, a hard pass for me if yeah. I had to put a little stamp on it. But I do not recommend you hard pass on listening to that podcast episode because it's no. very funny. If you want to hear, uh, I mean, really, it's fun to hear all of them like this. But if you want to hear like Imran as tilted as I think I've ever heard <laughs> him uh, about yeah. anything, it's like Imran is like a deeply professional and like good, uh, like g- good person at his job. But like he gets fucking tilted in this episode. It's yeah, really, really yeah. Good. Heated Imran um, is, is fun to listen to. Heated Imran is very fun. Yeah. Um, all right, Paul, this was, this was good. Thanks for catching me up with, uh, Forza and everything else. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Bye. Later. Let's get you ready for next week with some upcoming games and new movies and TV shows on your favorite streaming services. Let's start with games. Uh, Kiwi is in a, in a really adorable looking uh, mail sorting and sending game uh, from Stone Wheat and Sons. It's a, a developer I've never heard of, but it's coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series XS. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on August 31st. Uh, it looks amazing. You play as two little Kiwi birds uh, to send mail. It looks a lot like Overcooked, um, but for mail instead of cooking. Uh, I watched the trailer and, and read some stuff about it. Uh, it honestly looks really cute, so we may actually check it out on stream or something. Um, next is Rustler, an action game coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on August 31st. Looks gritty. Uh, so if you like gritty action games, that, that might be for you. Um, the Big Con is coming to uh, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. It's an adventure game uh, coming to uh, those platforms on August 31st. Looks pretty slick and colorful. I love that. Um, Lake is another male game. I don't I, I don't know why that's the theme this week, but uh, you play as a male, uh, a male lady uh, in a uh, cool Pacific Northwest town. Um, you might have seen some trailers for this uh, at some indie showcases a while back, uh, but it is coming to Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC on September 1st. Um, a really bizarre one, El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron, a game that is 10 years old at this point, came out for PlayStation 3 and Xbox PC all those years ago, was a really kind of psychedelic, bizarre, uh, a lot of religious text and subtext in this game, uh, mysticism, very weird, very cool stuff, a divisive game at the time. It's actually getting a PC release after all these years on September 2nd. 
So definitely check that one out. It's it's a pretty interesting uh, uh, time capsule from 10 years ago. Uh, if you like Pathfinder, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous is coming to uh, PC on September 2nd. If you don't have a PC, uh, you'll be able to play it on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One uh, on March 1st, 2022. So you'll have to wait a little while if you don't have a PC. Um, uh, WRC 10 is a rally racing game celebrating 50 years of the rally, uh, division, uh, uh, coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on September 2nd. It will come out for Switch, but no date has been announced yet for that platform. Big Rumble Boxing Creed Champions is an arcade-style boxing game coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on September 3rd. Uh, it, as the name implies, it brings the canon of uh, the Adonis Creed and Rocky Balboa characters. You can play as like Ivan Drago or Apollo Creed or Rocky Balboa or Clubber Lang. Uh, looks, it looks kind of like a fun boxing game. Not Maybe not a ton of depth, but uh, if you like those characters, you like that style... Uh, might be one to look at. Golf Club Wasteland was a game that I had not heard of before this week, uh, but it is a really bizarre dystopian uh, adventure uh, puzzler slash golf game. Uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, you basically play as a super rich golfer that comes to a destroyed earth to play golf because now the earth is just a golf club for the super rich. Uh, looks pretty dystopian and you know, a lot of, a lot of edgy humor, but it also looks pretty interesting. Solving puzzles with a, a golf club is uh, it looks like a cool, cool formula. So we may check that out. Uh, and the medium, a game that is already out for Xbox series X and S and PC came out earlier this year. will be making its way to PlayStation five after a time of console exclusivity on September 3rd. So if you like the blooper, uh, you like that blooper team, you like the medium, uh, it is finally coming to PS5 uh, this week. So keep an eye out for that. As for streaming services, uh, you know, the beginning of the month always brings new things. Uh, Netflix, uh, probably the biggest one coming to their uh, platform is the final cut of Blade Runner, which is uh, pretty cool. If you've never seen it, changes some stuff up from the theatrical release. Uh, I think you will enjoy it if you have never seen it. So uh, big fans of that franchise but have probably already seen it, but now it's on Netflix. So if you want to take a look at it, you could definitely do that. Uh, nothing major coming to uh, Disney Plus at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the month. Uh, what ifs new episode is coming out this week, so obviously keep an eye on that. Also, Turner and Hooch's new episode. If you've been watching that show, HBO Max has a couple of interesting things. Army of Darkness is, of course, uh, a great uh, horror comedy, um, and uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two are also coming to the platform. So if you like uh, if you like those Ash series. Uh, those films will all be on HBO Max. Uh, Event Horizon, the scariest movie I've ever seen, is coming to HBO Max on September 1st. Uh, that movie is super scary. We also did an episode of You Love to See It uh, for that epi- uh, for that movie, and it's, uh, it's a really good one. And uh, remember when Harry Potter was on HBO Max for like a minute when it first launched and then disappeared? Well, it is back. Uh, the uh, On September 1st, you'll be able to see every single Harry Potter movie. Uh, if for some reason you want to put eyeballs on something that J.K. Rowling made, uh, it is uh, it is available to you uh, on HBO Max. Um, uh, as far as Hulu goes, a uh, movie called A Fish Called Wanda is coming. Um, if you've never seen it, it's pretty pretty bizarre little comedy from uh, 1988. 
um, with uh, with some interesting folks. Kevin Klein plays a total moron in it. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, and Edward Scissorhands is coming to Hulu as well, September first. If you've never seen it, as well as Office Space and Raising Arizona, these are classic comedies. Uh, and on Prime Video, you can see uh, Jennifer's Body which is super exciting for folks that like the Diablo Cody uh, horror comedy from 2009. It's kind of become a cult classic. And if you've never seen it, you should probably check it out because it is truly bizarre. Uh, And if you're uh, into Peacock, they're getting a ton of movies on uh, September 1st. Uh, That is mostly a WWE and TV watching uh, service in my household, but they're getting a ton of movies um, starting on September 1st. So definitely check that out. Uh, and that's, uh, that's going to get you ready for this coming week. There's a lot coming out. Um, maybe no like barn burners, I'd say it might be a little bit of a slower week, but there's still a lot to check out. So I recommend it. That's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank my guest and producer, the wonderful Paul Tamayo for stopping by and talking, uh, among other things, 12 minutes and Psychonauts 2. And of course, Forza Horizon 5. I'm super excited about that game in particular. Uh, if you want to follow Paul, you can do so over at Pauly Mayo. And please listen to the optional podcast. It's the podcast that he hosts with uh, Cam Brewster, and it's an excellent show. If you want to follow me, you can do so over at Floppy Adult. You can find Fanbyte at Fanbyte Media. You can also find all of our podcasts, including that 12 minute spoiler cast that we talked about a lot in the previous segment, over on the channel F feed and podcastnet.org. Until next week, folks. You're welcome. It's Danielle Riendo, the editor-in-chief here at Fanbyte. I like movies, and you probably do too. Join me and my incredible co-hosts, LB Hunktiers and Fernanda Prachas, on You Love to See It, Fanbyte's weekly premiere movie podcast. Every Thursday, we explore the wonderful world of film from old classics, cult favorites, and plenty of under-the-radar treasures. We pick a different theme each month and really dive in with a combination of in-depth analysis and breezy chat on everything from monster movies to Patrick Swayze classics. You'll love to see it is available at fanbyte.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, uh, movie starting. We'll catch up later. Mm-hmm.